Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So, yeah, so uh, I don't know if you caught me on uh, the uh, know-it-alls. Um, not the know-it-alls, but the homies last week. But they breaking news came on while um, we were recording. And it was that uh, T. Higgins had been tagged. And I told him, I was like, it's not breaking news. If you watch Running Through the Jungle, I think in about week 14, we all said that he was going to get tagged this year. Is that breaking news? Is it really a big deal? Like, did not, like who didn't see the writing on the wall with that one? Man, come on now. We all kind of knew that that was the direction that the Bengals was going to go. We just knew that it was going to be like pulling teeth and getting his extension done. I mean, the agent has obviously been a big talking point in this, amongst his fan base. They have yet to negotiate a deal with Dave Mulligetta. But we already knew that tagging him was going to be the way to go, just to get, preserve that ability that he's still on the roster for 2024 well yeah. you know what other option did we have we knew it was going to happen anyways we're not going to just let t walk down the road and go sign with freaking kansas city or the steelers or anybody in the afc that that is so you know it it, it, it was obvious of what we were going to do and what they were planning on doing now what's going to happen next I don't know, man. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a loaded question, man. We'll get into that after we get into this.
Welcome. We are running through the jungle. I'm your host, Brandon Harriet, here with your host, Tim Lyons, and your host who kept it down last week by himself, golf clap, Mr. Justin Lacey. Thank you so much, sir. I was yes, in Hotlanta. I was in Hotlanta working, and uh, Tim uh, came down with a little bit of the uh, the virus. And yeah. uh, darn if I didn't bring it back from Atlanta myself. So I was down <laughs> a little bit. So we're we're a little behind, and I apologize for that. But uh, man, this thing's going around again. Justin, thanks, man. How you been? Oh man, pretty good, man. Glad you guys are doing better. You know, the viruses have been going around attacking everybody like wildfire. Hopefully it hasn't made its way to me yet, but I feel like that at some point is going to happen. Yeah, if you if you work in the public, it's it, it, it almost feels like it's unavoidable at this point in time. I I don't even know what to say about it. Um I will say this though, I got the track jacket on, you know, feeling good. We're getting ready for the underwear Olympics, the combine. I mean, don't get it wrong. I'm in the track jacket warm-up suit. I'm all about warming up. I'll stretch. I'll do the calisthenics. I ain't running a 40-yard dash. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the T. Higgins talk. Oh, yeah, I didn't do the like and subscribe thing. I had that tagged later in the show. But, yes, <laughs> go ahead. Hit that thumbs up right now before we uh, before we go any further. We appreciate you very much. But uh, yeah, the T. Higgins talk, man, officially tagged. The difference with this one than the Bates one was the tag early, a little earlier in the game. And there's speculation that might be because they could feel some more questions while they're at the Underwear Olympics, the combine that is, and, uh, you know, kind of see what people are thinking around the league. Maybe uh, see if anybody's willing to offer anybody, anybody up for him. Tim, what's your take on this? I was happy that they got the, you know, the tag done right away. Um, instead of us trying to play this game of, you know, are we going to tag him or are we not going to tag him? There's so many options out there. I, I believe it's a pretty good wide receiver draft. Um, so we'll get to see who's, you know, see what they're going to be able to do in the combine. Um but my biggest question is right before we, we cut to our uh, our intro was what's next? You know, what's next for T? You know, our, I believe from what I heard what Tobin or yeah, it's, it's Tobin, right? Is that what his name is? Tobin. The yeah. Duke. Duke Tobin. Excuse me. Sorry. I went blank there for a minute. Um, when I was listening to Tobin speak, you know, he was like, you know, T Higgins is our next year's plan. So, is he actually truly our next year's plan or are they going to do some kind of drug deal and get some picks and, you know, we're going to be, you know, getting some more picks this year. We'll, we'll see, you know, April's coming along in a couple months. Well, actually it's almost March. So, you know, April's coming along. So, you know, we'll see what, what the Bengals have in plan. Are we going to shock in all the world and trade T Higgins and, draft our you know our tight end that we've been dying for for the last god knows how many years you know or are we going to draft tackle so i'm assuming if you think this is going to be um what you said a drug deal that we might be looking to send t to miami <laughs> is that, is that okay. accurate no it's okay possibility all right, or, or maybe you were thinking a little lighter on the on the maybe a legal drug maybe we're going out to denver 
Uh, maybe Seattle. Maybe 49ers, you know, San Francisco. Okay, okay. You know, that's that's it's legal out here, you know. I don't so think we let the rich get that rich. <laughs> no. uh, but in all seriousness, Justin, what's your take here on uh, tagging T early? You think it might lead to something, or is this a smoke screen? I mean, I'm just glad that they got it out the way. It's only really two options that you can go along with this. You either do the tag and trade or you just extend them. I'm glad that they got it out the way so they waited in out. Like Duke Tobin said, he's not going to be lingering with this uh, when they already know that they were going to go in this direction right off the bat. So that guarantees you that he's under contract until up and through the 2024 season, which is great because we're looking to go all in and go for it all and win the Super Bowl. And we want T, we want, we need T. Higgins a part of our team, not just want him. We need him a part of our team. He helps make the offense better. I mean, I'm going to sort of regurgitate those same things that Duke Tobin said. We're a better team with T. It's obvious. You know, he helps make Jamar better, even though Jamar is the engine that gets the receiving room started. T. Higgins is like the, the icing on the top because he's like a prime A.J. Green without necessarily being A.J. Green. That's who he sort of modeled his game after when he got, came out of the draft. And why not have that sort of explosion element on your team? Everybody that is clamoring for T to be traded in the national media or, you know, other fan bases across the Twitterverse or just not even just social media. Everybody wants that because they want T on their team because they know how explosive he can be. So you're going to get a lot of, you know, a lot of like talk back about people want to value T high so that you should trade them. But then the Bengals are smart to make this tag because if the tag and trade is going to be a thing, um, the Bengals are going to ask for, going to have a nice little asking price for T Higgins. And we're going to see if these teams are really about it. But at the end of the day, man, T's a great player. Keep him a part of your team. If the contract gets too much, you got options. So those are really my only two takes about it. Yeah, and to be honest with you, you haven't had to look for the national media. If you can look right here, run it through the jungle, I've been saying tag and trade for, I don't know, about a month now. Um, I just, I do it because I see too many holes in this team's trenches that need to be fixed. and. And I think that that's someplace we can get younger and less expensive. And and wide receivers have come out and really played excellent first right off the bat first year. That seems to be one of the one of the one of the the places that you always see a rookie of the year candidate coming out. Puka Nakua this year, uh, Wilson year before. Like it, it seems to be guys that you can get late first round, second round, even third round. Or Puka's case, what fifth round? You know, what I mean, like there's there's some value out there. There's some guys, and this is a really good class, like Tim said. So I don't know, man. Could you could you use that money elsewhere and maybe get two stud defensive tackles? Um, could you get a stud defensive tackle, a good right tackle? Could you could you maybe then have the ability to draft a little bit better as far as best player available, rather it be defensive back linebacker as justin you've alluded to getting younger and, and and progressing there like i think there's edge rushers out there there's some guys that i think if we played our cards right with the tag and trade and 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 had some more capital there and we're able to sign some free agents i like the move to make the team better as a whole will i miss t hell yeah um i think T and Jamar are just incredible duo. Um, but I, I do have some concern about injuries. And 
as I look at this, the team as a whole, I, that's just the way I see it. I think I think you'd be more effective moving those pieces around a little bit. Either of you want to rebuttal uh, anything I my take on that, or or keep it pushing. No, no, I'm good. I think we've we've harpered on the T Higgins situation quite a bit, you know, on this show specifically, but more just again <laughs> outside in sports media world in general. I think that the T Higgins thing is it's this point it was easily widely predictable. And like Tim said, we'll just see what comes happens, what happens next. But we were focused on making this team better overall as a unit, not just one player and not just one side of the ball. Overall, as a unit, this team needs to be ready to make another championship caliber run. We all agree on that. Um, so we'll get into the combine, the tracksuit, uh, the underwear Olympics, which is kind of fitting since everybody knows that I'm Winnie the Pooh underneath this, right? That's a, that's a fun part about podcasting. You know, you, you pick your shot, you get comfortable. Um, but no, in all seriousness, Justin, who are you looking forward to uh, in this combine? Rather it be somebody that's highly heralded that you think is going to really put on a show, or rather you think it's somebody that might be coming out of the woodworks a little bit, a little bit yeah. underrated that you think might uh, make some noise. Who you got on your radar for this week? Well, to the, as we're recording this episode today, the uh, – the defensive line and the edge rushers were able to work out today. I think the defensive ends, the uh, interior D linemen, and also the linebackers. I've been paying attention more to the defense, the interior, because I think that's our biggest need. Um, it's no secret what I've already talked about. I feel like that they have just been a, a bad defense against the run and no interior pass rush up the middle. And I've just been working on just, just watching people to see how fluid and effortless they can make some of these combine drills. And so far, you know, as we're recording today, the defensive, the interior defensive linemen have already worked out for today. And it is by surprise that Brayton Fisk, you know, he he's a guy that is just jumped off the charts. He had the fastest 40 time out of all the D linemen. Um, obviously, Tavondre Sweat is a guy that I'm keeping an eye on. But the number one guy that I'm making my number one mark on is Byron Murphy. I think Byron Murphy is, I mean, we were already projecting that this guy was going to test like a freak athlete before the combine started. And he's sort of living up to that billing already. Dude is a freak. I mean, he looks like that he's going to be the first defensive player off the board. But by the grace of, by the grace of God, you know, um, if he does slip past all those teams that need a, a hungry interior to get pressure up the middle, you know, he's he's like the perfect three-tech option. And if he can somehow land at 18, the Bengals should be inclined to make that their first pick. Even if a guy like Brock Bowers, who we are all clobbering for in fan in social media spaces, I love the tight end, the move right there. But I think that interior is where it's at. Uh, Johnny Newton, well, his name is actually Jershan Newton, but he's going by Johnny Newton, the interior D lineman for uh, Illinois. He is not scheduled to work out at all without this combine due to a, um, a foot surgery that he had partaked. But he will be he'll he will be working out during his pro day, and I'll be I'll be inclined to watch that when that happens. But he's also the other guy, you know, to where I feel like that he can give the Bengals the best fit on that defensive front, and along with adding more talent. Because again, you got to go through free agency first and see how that settles. But nonetheless, if you whiff on some of the big names that I've mentioned before on this show then 
Johnny Newton would be another great option for the Bengals at 18 if they can land a guy like him. But overall, man, I'm keeping my options open because you got to come with the idea that other teams are watching these players too. And you don't want to get so caught up into the underwear Olympics because that's exactly what it is. It's underwear ball. Nobody's going super full speed, but you're just watching the fluid ranges of motion within all these drills. Last year, when I was just watching the combine just as a normal fan, I watched the cornerback group. Not a group to watch, but the cornerbacks. The one corner that always stood out to me was Christian Gonzalez. And he was one of the first corners that was taken in the draft. And he would have, honestly, in my opinion, would have been very fluid here. Yeah. He is incredibly smooth with all of, he wasn't he didn't run the fastest 40 time. He didn't need to, but he ran an effective 40 time when it came to the cornerback drills. He was absolutely just just so smooth. I didn't see that a lot throughout some of the other guys like Emmanuel Forbes, even our very own DJ Turner, even though he did ran the fastest 40 last year. But that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to see how you put all of these drills together and you just put out put the best foot forward out there. So. That's what I'm looking for so far during this combine week. Again, it's only just day one of watching the drills for me, and we got other position groups coming in the next few days. Tim, I know one guy that you're interested in looking at here in the next few days, but uh, let the people know. Who, who are you excited to see in this combine? There's this running back out of Notre Dame. They call him the little bus. His name is Estime. That dude is cut. I think he's going to be – I think they said that he's like the top uh, – probably going to be the top uh, running backs in the 40. Uh, you know, the, there's there's like between him and – I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, shoot, I can't – I wrote it down, but I can't remember what it is. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to Estime. Estime is like my – you know, I, I, I'm a run-the-ball type of guy. You know, I know there's there's you know words about you know maybe he'll, he'll best fit would be at Cleveland for Estime. You know, I don't want to see him in AFC North unless he's not in in you know orange and black and stripes and white. That's the only thing. That's the only way that I want to see Estime in, in the AFC North. Estime, he he is a talented running back. I watched him all year last year. He can run, and when he hits that hole. He's he's a wrecking ball, man. He is he is just I think he's that that piece that the Bengals are missing. But unfortunately, you know, with the way that we're drafting, you know, with a possible drafting, you know, I think we're gonna miss him. We're gonna miss out on him. But you never know, you know, Bengals might shock us this year and you know, draft draft a running back in the third or fourth round. I don't know. Um, but SMA is one of my big guys. Um of course, I'm looking – I want to see what Bowers does, you know, because I, I watched him play a little bit when he was with Georgia, but then he was hurt, you know. So I really want to see how he how he looks. Um, like Justin said, it's the Underwear Olympics. It don't mean squat. It really don't. It, don't, it doesn't mean squat. But i tell you this right now. If Brock Bowers is as good as he looked the year before and part of this year than when he was, was playing – I'm running to the podium like a man on fire to draft him at 18. I don't care if it, I don't care. I don't care if anybody else is on the board still, because of course there's going to be, but if Brock Bowers is at 18, don't, don't throw water on me. Let me run up to that podium and say the Bengals select number eight, you know, for the 18th pick of the draft, Brock Bowers. 
because well, that's what we've been needing. That's what we've been missing. But my other looks at uh, another person I want to look at is is uh, Roman Wilson out of Michigan. They say he is like lightning out of a bottle and so fast. I just want to see how he runs on the forty. I, I, that's what I want to see. I want to I want to see how fast he is. I want to see how he runs the drills. You know, is he going to be a Bengal? I don't know, but I still want to see how he does. And I just want to see it, what he looks like, how fast he runs. Um, and then before we started recording, um, I was watching some of the uh, combine and um, linebacker out of Alabama, Dallas Turner. I think that's what his name was. Ran a four four seven. That kid was booking it, linebacker, just booking it. I don't remember what his stats were, you know, how tall he is and big he is, but he was booking it. And then I was watching the defensive lineman run. You know, when you got a 6'3", 320-pound defensive lineman, defensive tackle running at, you know, a, I think it was like a 5'2", 5'1", 5'1", those boys, they be getting it. They be getting it. Yeah, um, that's a, it's a good segue because – uh, you know, maybe it doesn't mean squat, but it does mean bench press. The underwear Olympics <laughs> does. And, and I'm looking at defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And we got to quit getting bullied, being 31st in the rush, Amen. Uh, rush defense. Like, we got to quit being bullied. So I, I've been having my eyes probably on the defensive linemen. And, and great that they started for me while I was with COVID and had to work from home. And, and – Lo and behold, it was behind me while I was working. Um, you know, uh, Justin brought up Frisk, who ran a great 40 time, looked pretty good. But another thing that, that you brought up, Justin, and I really liked, uh, you know, you talk about the drills. And to me, he didn't look as fluid as some of these other guys in these drills. Byron Murphy looked excellent in the drills. I thought he had more bend. I thought he had more balance. I thought um, Frisk just had more speed, inline speed, if that makes sense. Um, I thought for, to your point, Tim, Sweat out of Texas, two Texas boys, for being 325 pounds, boy moved pretty well. Um, and you could tell he wants it, like he wants yeah. it, um, which, you know, there had been some off the field talk about rather where he was going to be at or whatever. I, I, th- I think there's some drive there that maybe – Maybe it was misguided. But don't look at the blue amaze behind me. <laughs> the guy that I really have my eye on for this and I wanted to see going into it is Chris Jenkins. I oh, figured you were going to say that. The yeah, mutant, I figured you were going to say that. Listen, yeah. that he played for a team that was the toughest, strongest team in the nation last year. Ran the ball 32 straight times against the number one rushing defense in Penn State to win a game. Mm-hmm. So when you have the strongest guy on the strongest team, I'm interested to see what he does. And I thought he looked really good um, in those drills today. I, he ran a respectable 40 time. His 10-yard uh, cut was at 1.7, which is good. Um, I thought he had some good explosiveness, and he looks really strong. And he had 34-inch arms. When you look at Byron Murphy's 32. So you talk about keeping people off of you for rush defense. I, I mean, I kind of I like that. It looked good to me. Um, 
the other guy, and I'm gonna butcher his name, Aurora Aurora. <laughs> Ruke Aurora Aurora. It's funny that you say that because I actually watched the combine just so I can hear the pronunciation of his name. And it is actually pronounced Rook or Row Row Row. Aurora? Yep. Um, or Row Row Row. <laughs> so I had to hear that. You're name jelly down the stream. Bro. I can't wait. Listen, I like the way he looked. Bring him to the Bengals. Uh, you know, we get maybe in a I would love for him to be there in the third round. Bring him to the Bengals. I don't know if he'll last that long um, after what I saw, but if, if we could get him the third round, uh, bring him to the Bengals, and we'll work on a nickname for him. Well, um, you know, you brought up Chris Jenkins. I mean, also what I, what I find impressive about him, hell, if he's anything like how his dad was, Chris Jenkins Sr., he was yep. he, I mean, the NFL bloodline is there. He was an incredible player, man, for the Carolina Panthers. And when he went to New York Jets, yeah. mm-hmm. he was just a freak of nature uh, up in the middle, plugging in the run. He was one of the big forces of why the Jets had a great run defense in 2010. So it's a guy like him. So I would absolutely welcome a guy like that to, on our defense. I'm projecting Chris Jenkins Jr. to probably last at the end of the first round, early second round. But, if, again, that's where the Bengals got to be aggressive, man. I feel like, look, if this is a guy that you feel like it can make some impact, you don't – assuming that you can't get a guy like Johnny Newton or Byron Murphy, if those guys are off the board and you end up getting a Brock Bowers, that's fine. But then you make sure you need to be aggressive in the second round where you need to package up your pick and then a, maybe a fourth-round pick and go move up. You know, a few spots yep. to go get him. He starts to slide. But sorry, go ahead and continue. That's all right. I, I, I mean, it's it's great That's stuff. Great man. Don't, don't 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 listen. Don't apologize for bringing in great stuff to the show. <laughs> um, I I will like offensive line is not. I don't want to look at some of these tackles, but I feel like I need to. So Mims and Latham, I kind of want to see how they test and how they look um, as far as the drills and whatnot. Uh, there was one more guy that did uh, work out today. Um, Chop Robinson looked really good today, but th- oh, there was yeah. a guy. Oh, there was yeah. a guy was that fat. I didn't know. I didn't know how he was going to look. Got the defensive lineman of the year out of UCLA at Latu, kid. And I was interested in looking at him, and, man, did he look good. Really fluid. Did all the drills right. You could tell the coaches loved him. Like, um, ran good times like uh, i i liked him a lot um but there's a wide receiver because i'm on the tag and trey t higgins there's a wide receiver i got my eye on out there south carolina xavier liggett 6'3 227 i want to see what he runs because if he could be that big Run after the catch, catch point guy too. Mm. I'm uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about that. I feel pretty good about that. So I got my I got my eye on him. Probably an unpopular thing to say out here because it's probably a little bit early in the draft unless you do move on from T and get an extra draft pick. But eh, you know that's where I mean, if the value if the value is there. I think you should entertain the opportunity of going with the wide receiver in a second or third round on day two, I should say, if the value is there. I'm looking also a guy like Xavier Worthy, you know, out of Texas, 
I, yeah. I feel like that you just need Big some body more again. speed element. You you Big need body yes, speed, yeah. You need some more speed element because as I mentioned on this show before, wide receiver can be a sneaky need for this team, especially if you don't know how the situation with T. Higgins and that contract is going to play out. Let's say that the Bengals do uh, inter- let's say the Bengals do forego with the option to go ahead and they just tag them and trading them away and he's on another team. You got a couple of picks for him. I don't know how to shake down where those picks are going to go. Number one thing is what do you do to make the overall t- essence of the team better? Well, you don't need to necessarily get a wide receiver to replace Higgins. However, if it makes sense, go for it. But what you could do is you can get another veteran receiver. I'm thinking probably around a little Let's see. He was playing with the Carolina Panthers, um, Adam Thielen. Okay, get a guy like an Adam Thielen, draft another guy on day two or day three. If the value is there, you still got Jamar Chase. All while you still got Andre Yoshivas and Charlie Jones, and you still with the assumption you're bringing back Chuck Sizzle. Oh, and then I just thought about it too. When you if you draft a guy like Brock Bowers and you morph this offense into something new. In something different, and you obviously add in a little more explosion to the running game, and right. it will just be like, yes, there's going to be elements that you're going to miss regarding T. Higgins, but at the end of the day, you can't lean your whole offense just by breaking the bank in too much, just by making your offense what it was the last three years, because you know there there are a plethora of guys at this receiving position in this draft that. You might want to entertain. You still draft him if he's there, even if T. Higgins is still remaining on the team. So I'm I'm pro drafting the best player if it makes your team better. Um man, would it would it be sexy if maybe there was a veteran out there that was wanting to catch balls from Joe Shiesty? Maybe take a two-year, $36 million deal to see if. Maybe Mike Evans could come over here and snatch one. Mm, mm, mm. Another big body. That would be cool. Yeah. But he's also like he might be trying to get another payday himself. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, who can fault him for it, right? Who can fault him for it? Hell no, nah, bro. Ten straight thousand-yard seasons. Came, came yeah, on him. Yeah, when you got a, a wide receiver that, you know, is a thousand yards every freaking year for the last ten years, you know, he's going to want – He's going to want money. And is it what we should do? You know, I don't know. You know, like, like this whole thing with, you know, if if there's a chance to get Brock Bowers, you know, that kind of fills in that void of us losing Tyler Boyd if we don't re-sign him to, you know, whatever, a one-year deal, whatever. We'll just We're not going to re-sign not... him. I don't okay, think we so do. We're... I don't think we should because I think he bec- – like moving him out because he's only a guy that can play in that slot. Now frees up Jamar Chase to go in and out. And what I want to get to is this is if if we do get a chance to get Brock Bowers, that's gonna eliminate that whole Tyler Boyd situation, period, anyways. Because you know, Tyler Boyd, he's always playing in the slot, 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 slot. You know, if we can get a tight end that can block and can and can catch and go into the slot positions, you know, and fill in. You know X, Y, and Z with what with wide wide receivers. You know we still got you know we still got uh, old uh, Charlie Jones and we still got uh, Yoshi too. Just like Justin just said, you know. So, but I do agree with everybody. If if there is a wide receiver that makes sense and it's going to make this Cincinnati Bengals team better, then jump on that damn thing and let's and let's go. Yeah, and I do. I listen. 
the idea of Brock Bowers as inline tight end with Jamar Chase in the slot on the same side. Ugh. Yeah. Good luck getting him on the release. Somebody's going to be wide open. Yep. So. All right. Well, hey, it's that time. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back with some more Bengals talk in NFL. Welcome back to Running Through the Jungle. I'm your host, Brandon Herrick, here with hosts Tim Lyons and Justin Lacey. Make sure you're out there supporting us. We can't do this without you. Uh, we got more and more and more stuff coming down the pipe here at Running Through the Jungle. Um, go ahead and like, subscribe, share with a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend. Get on over here and get your Bengals news. We're cutting through the crap. We haven't done 72 mock drafts. You're not going to hear us doing one every week as soon as the season's over. We're going to cut through the coach speak. You don't have to sit and watch the combine and listen to all the interviews and everything. We're doing that for you so we can give you the meat and try to read through the BS lines that they're giving us to see what they're doing. So come on over here. We're going to give you a little bit more of the, the cliff notes, if you would. So we appreciate you guys rocking with us, as always. So. Some some people are all about their money, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this is a good look or bad look, but it seems to be more and more prevalent every year. Do you, like, what do you guys make of guys opting out of the combine altogether? And now we're getting to the point where we're not even doing interview process. We're not even showing up in Indianapolis. We're not even coming here. Uh, you know, to to the steakhouse to have a good steak. We, we're not doing any of that stuff. Justin, what's your thoughts on it? We don't really have a problem with certain players are opting out of working out the combine only because I think that the direction of where the league has been going for quite some time is that you start to get an early feel of what college analysts and NFL analysts think about certain college players coming out of the draft, even at a freshman in college, that you can already tell, like, this guy is going to be projected to be a first or second round talent or a top 10, top five pick. So with that being said, is if they stay on track of going in that upward trajectory throughout their course of their collegiate careers, I don't think that they really need to prove very much of anything when it comes to working out in the combine just to show NFL teams that, hey, look, I'm pro ready where they've already kind of shown that now they have to get themselves ready for pro days and doing their own working out and talking to teams. If you're available and showing yourself available, that's a whole different story. But as far as like going to show up and working out in the combine, and you also got to think about it too, the college NFL season, I mean, the college football season is a little longer. So if you're somebody that's on a Michigan staff that just played a full plate of NFL games, it seems like, and you're projected to be a top five pick, you're probably going to skip this workout because you literally just finished your season by winning a championship game. And now you got to turn around and get yourself ready just to come back to Lucas Oil Stadium to make sure that you can get ready to put forth your best foot forward. And it's not always going to look all all that pretty. And if you, you don't test well, if you test like trash, then that's going to probably hurt your draft stock. So it's almost like a, a quarterback returning for a senior year in college when they already have 
the top 10 option of coming out of the draft as a junior to be a top 10 pick, there's almost like there's no little to no upside if you go back for your senior season. That's kind of how I'm looking at the combine of the players deciding to opt it out. Um, we also got to remember, Joe Burrow didn't even work out the NFL scouting combine. You know, they just won a national championship. But he, he didn't really need to. He came. He showed us he some he know had those questions were going to be had, especially when it came to about the Bengals. You know, when they was telling him that he should pull a Eli Manning and not force his way not to get drafted. Jamar Chase, uh, he had opted out for the COVID year. He so he never did a full official combine. I don't even know if they even did. No, I don't think he did a combine, but he did do a pro day. And the pro day, he performed admirably well. You know, tested off the charts like he usually does as a as a supreme athlete. So it's not common that these things happen. But you would like to see guys like to show up and show out because, again, you got NFL scouts, NFL GMs, ownership. Everybody's here just to watch you work, watch and see if you're ready for these moments. So, again, I'm kind of indifferent about either or. I don't really care if you do it or not, but just make sure you have a really good justifiable reason. Like Johnny Newton, you know, he just had he just recovered from foot surgery. That's a pretty good reason why I wouldn't want yep. to go work out if I'm him. I, I I will be okay. I'll save my best for the pro day. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I don't have a problem with these guys like not throwing or not running a 40 or whatever whatever it might be. Listen, if you got tightness in your hamstring, don't run the 40. You know what I mean? Like, don't blow out a tire in an interview. But come for the interviews is my thing. Like Caleb Williams just – opting out of all of it and he's saying he's not even doing yeah. a pro day now yeah, that's something. that might change uh marvin harrison i've heard a lot of the same thing he's just going to work out with the team um interesting that you brought up the michigan wolverines because they got 18 players at at this uh at this um combine which is a record beating the joe burrow lsu tigers that had 16 to set the, the new record by two so they're there. There's uh there's film right now of uh JJ McCarthy throwing in the convention center uh to Blake Corum. So they're there full effect. They're working out. They don't they didn't care yeah. how long the season was, man. They're there. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know if you Junior Colston, obviously I'm a Michigan fan, so I know a little bit more about them than I should. But Junior Colston in his interviews, um, he was asked what he thought about the Michigan Wolverines setting the record and have 18 players at the combine. And he said, respectfully, I feel like we left a couple of us out. Now, my kind of guy. I mean, Tim, I, I don't know if you had anything to say, because I was going to comment about the Michigan I do, team. But go ahead. Go ahead and make your comment about Michigan. The only thing that I'm going to say is that buyer beware about just drafting players that just won a national championship unless there's a few guys that you know that's going to make it and cut it in the nfl just be careful okay as much as i applaud the success of the michigan wolverines for oh, the season that they had jim by Harbaugh no means do got I off think his back. all 18 guys are going to be good in the nfl that's absurd. no no but to your point you also brought the lsu tigers lsu in 2019 after the joe burrow at lsu they had 19 14 guys drafted yeah 14 guys drafted something a great amount of those like i think three or four of them in the first round and then obviously jamar gets drafted the following year of course we already mm-hmm. know that but nonetheless you seeing how the fruits of that labor some and i brought this up before 
is that you got when you are on a winning program and a team on a winning program, especially winning a national championship, guys start to feel like that they have like this this belief that they're better than what they actually are. It's called inflated value. Some of those players, and I'm starting to see it in our own fan base. You know, we're 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 mocking guys like Sanstable. I can't remember pronounce that corner's name. He's a Stanistrue. solid player. Stanstrew. Oh, Stanstrew. Okay. He he's a solid player, but when I watch him, I don't feel like that he's a shutdown corner by any means. But yeah, we got Bengals fans mocking him into the third round or even as early as second round at that. I, I think you got to be careful when it comes to these, some of these things, is because you got there's a plethora of college athletes that is just going to be world renowned, and they didn't have the opportunity to play at a Michigan on a great pro style level team. Mm-hmm. But you do not ignore that this this team it shows it sends a great message for what they're doing you know like you said all of them are showing up there jj mccarthy's throwing to blake corman in, in a conference room or something like that yeah i i love the energy and enthusiasm from what i'm seeing from them yeah that's that's what i was talking about just the energy getting there doing it like i like i get not doing certain drills but not coming to the combine is a little bit absurd to me tim what are yeah. your thoughts on it so I'm, I have my mixed feelings about this coming to the draft and don't, or excuse me, coming to the combine, not coming to the combine. You know, like people like Caleb Williams, he didn't have the greatest season last year either. You know, I, I watched him get his butt whooped by Notre Dame. You know, I've seen him, I've seen it, you know, for him to just be like, oh, well, I'm not going to come to the combine at all. Not even just to talk to people. I think is is just, yeah. a, 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 I think it's, it's absurd. I think it's absurd. And, and and I believe that it's going to hurt his draft stock. I don't care what anybody says. I believe it's going to hurt his draft stock. But that's my own opinion. But then you got guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. There ain't no reason for him to come to the, come come to the combine. Yeah, he, he should come and talk to people. You know, mingle with his you know his class. You know, show his face. But just do the not interviews. Come at all. Do the interviews, you know, eat some, eat, you know, go out to eat some, you know, some, some, some steak or something. You know, I, I believe that those kind of players should still show up to the combine, even though if they're not going to work out or not. You know, like there's a lot of these guys that opted out during during the actual um, the bowl, you know, the bowl games because they don't want to play in the bowl games because, you know, they're afraid of getting hurt, which I understand. Yeah. I do. I completely understand yeah. that 100%. But when you don't perform in a bowl game or whatever, and then the combine comes and you don't even show up, that's not good news for me at all. Yeah. You know, so it just, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well as a, as a fan. And then as a, you know, now these days, since Brandon brought me into this running through the jungle, I've invested more of my time looking at what's going on in the NFL instead of me just being a fanboy of, you know, what's going on with this team or that team. Now I've actually invested my time into this. So to me, it's not I, – I just don't believe it's it's a good thing. You know, but like I said, there are guys like Harrison or uh, Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. It don't matter, you know, because that dude has proven what he can do on the field. Just like Joe Burrow not, show, not, not performing in the combine. Who gives a crap? That dude yeah, won he a didn't national championship. He didn't have to throw. There was nothing to throw. <laughs> and then, that, of course, during that time, they made fun of his small hands. Well, I'm Caleb sorry. doesn't. Yeah. Listen, Caleb doesn't right. need to throw either. 
right. And, needs and the thing is, I just think he needs to do the interviews. The same thing with Marvin Harrison doesn't need to run a forty. I, I like sure. I, I watched him run on a on a field against top notch competition. Right. And he, we know, we and he whatever his catch radius is, whatever his wingspan is, I've watched that guy make like contested catch after contested catch. Mm-hmm. I know what he can do. I know what he's about. He looks yeah. special to me. I don't need you to go out there and do that. Would I like to see him running the routes? Of course I would. Oh, I mean, every fan would want to see him run yeah. the routes because it's like when he runs those routes, like, you know, I've, I've watched him when he was playing against, I think it was Michigan or somebody, I can't remember what it was. He ran a route and he was 10 yards behind the damn defensive backs. I yeah. was like, wait a minute, how the hell did that happen? So, of course, we would all want that. His technique you know. is really good. His speed is good. Like everything about yep. it is good. So, yeah. Uh, like, I get that we're missing out on some stuff like that, but I get he doesn't want to do that. But I, I just don't like, listen, man, go to Indianapolis, do the interviews, go to St. Elmo's, try the shrimp cocktail. It's got more horseradish in it than it does anything else. <laughs> Enjoy it. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I, that's that's my take on that. Now, let's get into some – let's segue over here back into some NFL news. It's enough talking about these college kids. They ain't NFL players yet. Um. NFL News Players Association with the report cards. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So, C plus in ownership, honestly, is probably a step up from where we were. I think the ownership, oh, yeah. as we've as we've started getting, um, you know, the Blackburn, that that next level down of Brown. Uh, the next generation, I feel like we've done pretty good there. We're getting a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, head coach got an A. Team travel, C. Strength coaches, A minus. Weight room, training staff, training room. Those were all sore subjects last year. They invested money into it, pulled all those up to a B plus. All those are top 10, um, which is very, very good. Locker room, D plus, 24th in the league. Not a big deal to me because it's – Presently under construction, from what I understand. So uh, that was something they kind of knew they were behind on, and they're putting money into it. They're putting money into a new field, uh, putting new turf in. Um, but here's something. 32nd in the league in nutrition, dietitian, food cafeteria, and treatment of families. Hmm. That's uh, the treatment of the players' families. Justin. What are your thoughts on this guy? Yeah, it's a definitely an eyesore, and I expect it to be improved. Um, one of the things that I have been hearing about the ownership group, main, namely Elizabeth Blackburn and her strategy of director as a director of strategy and engagement in her position within the front office, they read these report cards and take that matters very seriously. As you mentioned already, the locker room, the training room, the staff, all that stuff. It was a sore mentioning subject last offseason. They went in there and pumped it up and made it better. And as you already alluded to, is that they've already invested in bringing in a new locker room. They actually put a nice little video out to what the game day experiences is going to be like for fans and stuff like that. So that way it doesn't necessarily have to be as sort of just jumbled up and whatnot. So they, they're already showing a lot of great things under construction currently going on in the confines of the stadium. But going back to the food, cafeteria, nutrition, dietitian, those treatment of the families, those three, um, those three categories specifically receiving an F, an F minus at that, that's brutal. That is absolutely brutal and atrocious. 
And Dead that, that last is one in the league, I, 32. I expect that to be better. And quite frankly, it's like this has been a long-going issue for as long as I can remember being a Bengals fan. This is not just something that just came out of the wazoo. They've brought these things up in previous eras of the Bengals organization in the past. And what has always been done about it was, well, it's kind of telling you is that, well, you're just you should be you're a pro athlete. You should be able to hire your own guy. No, no, that's not right, because if you're going into if you're looking at players coming out fresh out of college, well, look at the college facilities. You know, they're, they're state of the arc. The University of Cincinnati has a better college treatment uh, for health and nutrition program than what the Bengals offer. I mean, I can say that confidently being that I walk over there and stuff and I see it happening. So you think of what these college um, these college athletes going into the pro world, what they're used to. And now you're telling them you're going to throw them out into the wolves that, you know, for, that, that's just not acceptable. I mean, I don't know how true this is. And this is the only thing that I've heard. But, you know, I remember when T. Higgins was drafted, I think that there was a it wasn't a report, but. I think he had a mentioning to a fan that he was eating like I think he admitted it. He ate like garbage, and then he hired a nutritionist himself to get his eating right because he ain't know what good places to eat. So that way he can keep the uh, keep the metabolism right and keep the food, the natural preservatives of his food, going in his body correctly. But if you have that on staff and on site already for these players, and I'm not saying you got to hire a boatload of them, maybe a couple. You know, whatever the case may be. And then the treatment of the facilities, it, it really caught me off guard to, to learn that players, family members of the players and coaches basically got to wait around in the same designated areas that the fans do. That's not cool. You know, I also heard that one of the players' um, wife or girlfriend was breastfeeding or changing a baby's diaper on the bathroom floor. In the public bathroom floor, that is not great. Like they should be able to have an all-access area to where those things can be taken care of in a more private manner, in a more up state-of-the-art kind of manner. So unacceptable. And like I said, I expect this to be taken care of relatively sooner than this than I think. Because again, when you got somebody like Elizabeth Blackburn in that in the front office now, she's taking things a little bit more seriously than has ever been done before. So hopefully we're not having the same conversation next year, but we ended up having the same conversation this year. But I also understand you got so much money that you can sort of shell out to fix certain other problems. They did that for the weight room, the locker room and all that stuff this offseason. And I think that next offseason we'll start to see a little bit of more uptake around this, this F minus categories here. All right. Uh, Tim. What's your take on the NFLPA? Now, listen, this doesn't mean that the Bengals can't get people. We actually have been getting more and more free agents. It doesn't mean that we can't, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, finished dead last in this NFLPA report. They just took home a big trophy. So um, yeah. it's not the end-all, be-all, but you would like to be better. What, what's your take on this? You know, it's it's something that, us Bengals fans, you know, it's kind of like it, it wasn't a – some of it was a surprise for me now because of what we've seen in the years past, like the ownership, you know, it, it was it was graded like I think an F like five or six years ago. 
you know, and with our facility changes and the upgrades of the stadium, you know, now we have uh, indoor practice facilities for the, for the players, you know, so the success and the, you know, Blackburn being, you know, added to the Bengals, we're seeing changes, you know, like you said earlier uh, backstage was, you know, the food and the nutrition part that can be easily fixed. Um, you know, even the, I believe even the treatment of the families part could be easily fixed as well. You know, give them somewhere where, you know, under tents or, you know, something where, where they're waiting for their, their, their spouses or girlfriends or husbands or sons or, you know, you know, to meet them when, you know, as soon as they're done in the locker room, um, you know, it's stuff that's easily can be fixed. And just like Justin said, I, I believe that Blackburn, she's going to get this stuff fixed ASAP. And I, and I think we're going to see, you know, uh, um, improvement next year. Um, you know, of course, I think the ownership is probably going to stay about a C plus, maybe, maybe move into a B who knows. Um, it's good to see that everybody loves the head coach. Um, team travel. I'm not really, you know, I, I didn't really read anything onto that, but I did see, you know, about the the food. I know they want like, I know some teams. I think they feed their players two to three times a day. You know, stuff like that. I um, mean, and, and players wanted more. You know, wanted to be fed. Um, you know, and and I know I've seen I've seen reports, and, and I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. And I know it wasn't a Bengal. It was just some other player in the NFL. You know, a rookie coming out of you know coming in, in into the NFL. You know, he was eating like ramen noodles and stuff and, you know, just a bunch of crap because, you know, there there was nothing being provided to them from some of these other teams, you know. So, yeah, we want to make sure that our players are taken care of. We want to make sure that their families are taken care of. You know, we want a healthy team. We want a, you know, uh, a, a strong, positive feedback on, on this report. And, you know, it, it's nice to see that, the improvements have been coming throughout the years, you know, as the train room and the weight room and all that stuff. So I, I believe we'll see some changes. Yeah. I, I also believe that um, there's no reason not to believe it because what they did last year, they fixed, you know, the locker room, training room, all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that don't know my background um, out there, which you have no reason to. And if you have been spying on me, shame on you, but, um, I've been in the restaurant and food business my entire life. So I can tell you to hire not just one, but two nutritionists, dietitians would cost them about a quarter of a million dollars a year to the, the food and cafeteria. The biggest thing was that they were not getting three meals a day. They did not two years ago. They didn't do it at all. Last year, they mm-hmm. added it that on Wednesdays, they did, uh, where most of the other, they're one of two teams that don't offer three meals a day for every time, that, every day that you're in the facility. Um, I can tell you from, I live in Pittsburgh, I sell food for a living, and I can tell you the Pittsburgh Pirates, who have been one of the cheapest franchises in sports history, let alone baseball history feed their players three times a day. So this is not something that's not, that's out of the ordinary unexpected. Also not an absorbent expense, like adding one meal a day for the four days a week or whatever it is, not a huge expense. Like this is not, 
not something that's going to break the bank. Treatment of families, okay, you have to put something together where they have daycare and lactation room, whatever the, whatever they need as far as those kind of things um, for game day. So there is a little bit of an expense there as far as structural, I think. You know, that's kind of the big thing. But I look at these things and I think there's three F's on there that we could easily fix for about a million dollars, million and a half for the year. You know what I mean? Like I when you're looking at the big scope of what this is, that's an easy fix. <laughs> Just fix it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um then I think if you fix those things and you do you know, year after year, you see improvements in things. I think that ownership goes from a D to a C plus to a B, and you start seeing that grade start moving. And and people see that they, they do care. I mean, this is their baby. This is their child. This is what this family's legacy is. This is what this – this is Paul Brown's legacy, Mike Brown's legacy. Now it's going to be, you know, Katie Blackburn's legacy. This is – their main source of income for the family and their legacy. And, and I think they're going to care and put that back into it. I think, I think this scorecard probably helps the Cincinnati Bengals on what they need to focus on and how to get better without just hearsay from here and there. I, yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing for us. And I expect us to be better ne- again next year. I, I expect us to keep moving up this ladder. Um, and do better things. So that's it for the report card from the NFLPA uh, and my rant. Um, so notable cuts around the league. So we're starting to see some uh, some of the cap casualties, if you would. Some uh, notable cuts. And I know there were some people, Justin, that you hit on that uh, were interesting to you. Anybody Who caught your eye out there as far as getting cut already early in this season? Well, you already know that the Bengals need to just, they just need tight ends. You know, they ain't got no tight ends on the roster. So John Smith was another, was a guy that got released. I think that he will be a really good addition or pickup. You know, he's, I don't know how much he was getting paid, but Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons know that they just couldn't restructure his salary. So they decided to cut him and just to save that money, you know, against their cap. So I think that he'll be a really good pickup. Um, another guy, He's not necessarily somebody that I would say the Bengals need to give a call to nonetheless. But I do think that it was interesting that a guy that the Bengals had interest in the past and the Bengals sort of fumbled the bag there and he ended up winning the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady. And that was Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett, he would have been an incredible addition for the Bengals had the Bengals not screwed that medical situation up, whatever that was. Um, I can't even recall exactly what was the miscommunication, but they pulled it out of his deal, and it was a good deal from what Shaq Barrett says. And he ended up signing a, a contract with the Bucks. They ended up getting Tom Brady, and you already know that story. He also signed a really big contract extension, damn near breaking the bank. But this offseason, they're, they're informed him that they will be releasing them, saving, I think, about like $15 million against the cap. Yeah, it's a pretty big cap hit for Shaq Bear, who is now 31 years old. He is mm-hmm. he has been an electrifying pass rusher over the last several years, but I think that the Bengals need to 
if they want to give him a call, sure, to see if they would like to get him on a team-friendly deal and see if he'll be interested in joining joining forces with us and, hey, make amends, sorry about what happened the last time and whatnot. But nonetheless, man, don't be looking to spend big money on a guy that's already like that seemingly look like he's past his prime, already have a couple of injury histories already. He missed majority of last year with an injury. The year before with Tom Brady's final season, that was done. But those are the two guys that I've that has been most notable to me. Um, and I would make a phone call out to Jonu Smith because I think that that would be a nice addition to the Bengals roster when it comes to the tight end room, along with adding someone else like a Noah fan. I dig it. Yeah, $15 million he made last year. Jonu did. He ain't going to get that. Hell no. Nah. That's nope. why they cut <laughs> Hell to the no. Uh, Tim, who you got out there uh, in free agency that uh, the cuts or, or you want to add something uh, to the to the players that uh, Justin spoke about? You know, I was looking at the uh, the cut list, and to be honest with you, I'm not really that excited about them right now. Um, I know you guys are talking about Smith, but, you know, I don't know. Smith is just kind of – would he be a good addition to the Cincinnati Bengals? I hope, I hope so. Um, you know, we've we haven't had the best luck with tight ends, um, free agency signings, um, especially last year with Herb Smith, which I think I helped him pack his bag and get him the hell out of Cincinnati. But anyways, um, you know, I'm just kind of like on the fence with Smith. It's just like, or not Smith with, uh, yeah, with Smith. Sorry, John is Smith. Smith. And we're also talking about Herb Smith too. Um, but uh. You know, I think it, it would be a great addition, but for the money wise, I don't see us paying him that much either. Um, I know Atlanta it's a cheap saved deal, like, bro. Well, I know Atlanta well, saved like six. I think it was like six and a half mil when they cut him. Six um, mil, yeah, on the cap. Uh, he got yeah, paid eight and a half total last last year. So you know, if we can bring him in, you know, for maybe four and a half, five for a year. Okay. He gives me I Gerald. Can... He gives me Gerald Everett vibes. You know, if we want Gerald Everett, then we just go get well, him because he, he's I, out there somewhere too. I think he's That's a little true. bit. I think he's a little more physical than Gerald Everett is. He's got a we'll little more, that. a little more oomph to him, which he I may not be I as like. fast. But right. again, come come here, play on a cheap two year deal or something, two or three year deal. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, two. $2 million, $3 million deal or something like that for a year. Again, that's not a long-term investment. We do not right. need to be doing this revolving door like we had mentioned already. You still yeah. got to go invest in the position. Like I said, along with a guy like Noah Fant, who I think will be who will be electric in this offense, hey, throw in John o. Smith in there too. You know, hey, get like a yeah. – want to earn a couple mil, a few mil? <laughs> you know, just here, here's your, here's your one-year deal with us. And if you still want to get Brock Bowers, they'll just make icing on the cake. Investment in that position done. Yeah, you know, and, and like that's the thing is, is, you know, I know we're talking about tight ends, but, you know, we're also looking at, and I don't know if you guys are aware, I'm sure you guys are aware of this, you know, safety visions. Nick Scott, that was an experiment that didn't pan out well. And right now we're sitting there oh, waiting to gosh. see what's going on with Dax Hill. You know, I, I know, you know, there's they've been tossing around these rumors of, you know, is Dax Hill going to move the corner or is he going to move the nickel or is he going to do this? Is he going to go to free safety? Is he going to go to strong safety? You know, so I don't know. I know we don't have any 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 free agents or notable cuts on safeties right now, but 
you know, that's another position that we, we should be looking at too. If there's a veteran out there. Well, the bears did release Eddie Jackson. I forgot to mention that. Yep. Yeah. Eddie Jackson, Xavier and Howard were both on my, uh, on my cut list. Like if you want to kick the tires, if you get somebody on a good deal, listen, I know Xavier and Howard's been injured. Um, yeah. But it's still damn good corner when he's not. And, and if you want to kick the tires on a team-friendly deal because he thinks he might be able to come here and win, Man, you know, why not? I mean, I, I, we've spent money worse ways. Yeah. Well, hell, we had EI Apple for several years. Mm-hmm. Oh, good um, Lord. Thanks for that one. You're welcome. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at 2021 – uh, in 2021, Uzama had 493. Um, Johnu Smith had almost 600 yards last year. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that I don't know. We haven't had anybody have that kind of tight end year since Joe Burrow's been here. True. So. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's worth taking a look at. Uh, John U. Smith is if you can get him for the right number. I mean, right. I'm not I'm not paying anybody just absorbing an amount of, of money. Drew Sample led in 2020 with 349. So yeah, I'm not I'm not giving them or like if we can get a four million, five million dollar deal, maybe we look at John U. Smith then. Um, but yeah, I think Eddie Jackson might be the one guy I like the most. Uh, if you can get a real friendly deal on Emmanuel Agba and and just have yeah. more depth, just have more depth on D line, I'll take more depth on D line. Yeah, Same. I think Shaq Barrett's going to price himself out. But all right, guys, that's uh, that's going to be it. If you have not hit that thumbs up, hit that thumbs up. If you're watching this on YouTube. And, and if you're watching, rocking this track jacket, man, for those of you listening on Spotify and Apple, you're missing out this time. Looking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a nice hat on too, too. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like us, uh, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend, bring everybody over here, Hootay, over to the run to the jungle. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Guys, I'm going to flip it back around real quick. Closing thoughts, Tim, you got anything on the way out the door? I just want to say to everybody, thank you for liking and subscribing. Thank you for following us. Thank you for listening. Um, one thing I do want to end off saying is, is happy 13th birthday to my big brother. Happy birthday, bro. Leap. Baby. Oh, yes. The leap year. Yeah. <laughs> I, for, I forgot about that. 13, so happy birthday. Uh, and to be honest with you, if you know Tom, PDX 13. It's about his maturity level, 13. I like it. Yes, sir. Uh, Justin, what you got? Uh, nothing much for me other than, yeah, I'm just going to just keep watching football and just keep watching the combine. And, you know, the draft The draft is going to be right around the corner sooner than we know. And then we're going to actually start talking about the first round and then the second round. And then we're going to be talking about the, uh, the schedule release and stuff. And then before we know it, kickoff for the NFL 2024 season is going to be here. So we got a lot, we got a ways to go for this long winded off season, but we're going to, we end it together. I dig it. I mean, here we are in the middle of off season and we're already talking for over an hour, man. There is no off season in football anymore. Um, 
as I talked about earlier in the, in the show, um, a lot of traveling recently for myself, uh, Michigan, Atlanta, uh, then came back, got COVID and, you know, uh, men kind of take a bad rap sometimes about being kind of babies when we're sick and, and whatnot. And, uh, and, and, and I'm one of those guys. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I get, and it's not, it's less about me feeling bad that I, I, I get, you know, moody with or upset with. I, Cabin fever, bro. I, you can't, you can't. Uh, quarantining for me, worst thing in the world. I gotta do stuff. I was sick, sweating, and I'm cleaning the house. It's just the way I am. But I want to take a second. I have a beautiful lady in my life. Um, Jess has been amazing this past week, helping me run to the store, get me things I need, got me things that um, I didn't even ask for that uh, helped me out immensely this week, got me back on the road to recovery a lot faster. She's an amazing woman. Uh, she puts up with all my BS, uh, and uh, and I really think I'm funnier than I am, and she has to live with it. So um, I appreciate her more than I can say. She's uh, Right now she is in Myrtle Beach. She flew out today. She is running in a marathon this weekend, running a half marathon at Myrtle Beach. She's an amazing woman, man, and I'm blessed. Thank you, Jess. Much love to the ladies. So that's going to do it for us here. Uh, Again, we're going to be talking about combine at Underwear Olympics. So uh, next week's going to be just as good. Catch us next week as we are running through the jungle. (laughs) 